Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, it is time for the lowdown. You know what the music means. Lorenzo Alexander joining us here in studio for the next hour. We got Josh Colmenter in for Wolf. And uh, so, since you're here, I'm assuming, what happened to your bid to buy the Suns? Just uh, Yeah, it's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> Didn't play long enough and play the wrong position. Had to, you got to be at least a quarterback to get that being a... Uh, Think about being in that type of uh, financial group. Yeah, I guess if Patrick Mahomes took all the money he makes, uh, even that. Well, he would have to be a part of a group. Yeah. But for you to be a part of a group, you got to have part of a group type money, which I don't even have. Yeah, and, and you, yeah, I can't even be a part of a group that's part of a group. <laughs> uh, all right, so Zoe, you, um, the the Denver game on Sunday. I was, was talking before the show. I, you know, you watch you watch Cardinals game, and it typically just feels it feels like everybody in the valley is watching the game. This is going on, right? I mean, and I know it's not the case, but that's just what it seems like every Sunday. Okay, Cardinals are playing. Uh, it did not feel that way on Sunday. It felt it. I felt like there was like seven of us watching the game on Sunday, but a game like that. That is another loss. You lose another quarterback. You still have three games left. So as as a as a guy that's on the team that's still playing, what are you what are you saying this week? What, what's right. your mindset? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pride issue at this point. It's about preparing and, and going out there and putting your best foot forward. Obviously, as a team, everything that you hoped and wished for at the beginning of the year, as far as winning the division, having a playoff spot, playing for a Super Bowl, all those things are gone. And so after that, it becomes more individualistic type things, but it's not like I'm telling you guys should be playing outside of the scheme, right? I'm talking about effort, hands, uh, uh, pursuit to the ball, effort, energy, right? Making plays within the scheme that Vance or Cliff is calling and really trying to get some type of rhythm for yourself and really some good film, right? Because who knows what's going to happen. If you if, if Cliff some way, somehow gets fired in all of this, the first thing they're going to do, and I was in Buffalo when this happened, and we had Rex Ryan, the new head coach is going to come in and say, okay, well, who was playing hard when they knew nothing was on the line, right? Because those are often the guys they at least hold over because they know what you're built about, right? They, you, know, you can't fire everybody, but I'm at least keep these guys because I know these guys are high-character guys that are willing to play when things aren't all nice and pretty. And and, and to be honest, I mean, that's the majority of, of the NFL, right? It's hard to win in this league, and you have to be built like that regardless of... I just heard a thing that says... Um, you know, a lot of people worry about the things they can acquire, right? You always worried about what can I get out of this, and it's not that's not the important thing. As a football player, you understand it's who you become in that process if you want to be elite, right? And so that's what they that's what you got to focus on. Who am I? Who am I? Who who is the season made me so that when this thing comes around again, I am kind of prepped. I'm I'm hardened in some ways, and I can maybe help lead us through and out of it so it doesn't happen or it doesn't snowball like it did this year. 
It's funny when you're saying that too. Just the conversation we were having about Devin Booker the other day. You just kind of hit something right there. Of you know Devin Booker putting up 70 points back when the Suns weren't any good, right? And Devin Booker sticking around when the Suns weren't any good. And you know, the from the outside at least, the player and the person he became through that process to me is somebody that a appreciates the situation right. you're in now and b is a better player. Yeah, too. yeah. And and human nature is to find the easy way, right? Cuz they oh, he's going to be out of here. He's going to leave. He's going to go somewhere so he can win a championship. Heard but that that's so much. But that's not what Book was focused on. He yeah. was focused on who he was going to become in that process. He's process oriented, right? Kobe process oriented. When you think about great players, they're process oriented. Even when you talked about the, what's the new owner's name? Matt Ishbia. He sounds like he's process oriented, but right basketball player Izzo being around that system, how he runs his company, he's process-oriented, knowing that if you focus on your process, the results will eventually come, and the ones that you want to come, because you're so focused on your process, will be maximized. Doesn't mean that you won't face adversity, but you'll maximize the success, and then when adversity comes, you'll be able to move through it. And so that's who Book is now. He's been hard, and he's been through all the adversity, and so he's seen a lot of things. He's been on the, 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 you know, the bad side of what sports can look like, and now when things happen, he he knows how to move through them. Uh, this is this the season, right? He doesn't get down himself and get down everybody. Hey, let's let me lead you guys through this, and we we've we've seen that, right? How he's bounced back after having two or three bad shooting games, and this team is just so resilient because of what he's been through, and that's what you want for the Cardinals team, right? Guys, young guys that are on this team, right? Are they learn having this as a learning experience, right? So that next off season, as this off season comes up, that maybe their mindset is a little bit different, maybe they train a little bit different. Uh, you know, maybe their their thought process and perspective of how what a professional looks like is a little bit different because you don't want to relive this season. No. And so, if they if that doesn't change, then yeah, you're gonna continue to have this. But that's what head coaches will come in and look at who who is still playing hard, who's trying to get better, right? And they'll probably you know the, the coaching world is small. Even if guys, you know, leave, you know, God for, you know, Vance Joseph finds another job. Whoever comes in is going to talk to, hey, Vance, man, hey, man, who, 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 who stayed, who was fighting to the end, Vance? Let me know, right? M. Rob, who was fighting in your room to the end? Who was quitting on you, right? All that stuff matters. And so it's about being the same guy every day and always trying to get better regardless of what your situation is in. And that's what God, that's what coaches want. That's what you really want in life. You don't want somebody that's going to change based on the situation, right? I want to see that great attitude and effort regardless of what's going around us because I know that's what's going to help us get through it. Yeah, the next two games kind of could play spoiler. Is there anything in an NFL locker room where the season's at this point that there's any pride in maybe spoiling someone else's season? Is yeah. that any, yeah, any I mean, motivation or if, anything if, at all? If, you know, if it was Washington, we was playing Dallas, right? If it's a rival. send them home, right? So some type of rivalry like that. Um, I would say so. I mean, who, the, who I know they got Tampa next week, and then who, who are the last and Atlanta, two games? which Atlanta. both are technically still alive because that division's so bad. Yeah, but Atlanta, that's there's really no connection yeah, there. Yeah. It'd be one thing if he's like knocking the Rams exactly, or Seattle yeah. out of the playoffs. Then it's a little bit more, you know, let's stand up and let's do this motivation. But if it's like random teams, and who, who's the last game against San Francisco? Yeah, so and they're they're in it, and yeah. I, <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah, it'd be nice to beat San Fran on the way out. You you know, just to, hey, don't forget about mm-hmm. us. But I don't know what San Francisco's going to look like, you know, healing up. Is Shanahan going to play everybody? Because I know he's he, he has rested players in the past. So it's a lot of things that go into it. But I think at the crux of it, regardless of who you're playing, you want to go out there and showcase what you're able to do. And if yeah. you do that, you will play spoiler, right? And so I think that's just like a secondary type of mindset or a secondary benefit for you going out and focusing on your craft, your ability, 
and how can you become a better football player so that this situation doesn't occur again? This is uh, James Conner yesterday. This is just specifically how he's approaching Tampa Bay. Must win for us. That's how I'm approaching it. It's a must win game. Approach it as you know, making sure your film looks good, making sure you are respecting the game, making sure um, you're playing for something bigger than yourself. So, I mean, that sounds like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a vet, man. I got much respect for James Conner. Obviously, his foundation being built in Pittsburgh and what we all know about that organization and Mike Tomlin and, and just... Uh, so that's where he he's built. So he only knows one way, right? Even when you watch him, he only knows one way. He may not be having the, the success that you want to see, but when he's out there, he's giving it to you, knocking cats over, running through guys, trying to make things happen. He's not a guy that's packed it in whatsoever. And you hope that guys see and respect him enough to, if you feel in a certain type of way, oh, I'm a little hurt. Well, you know what James has been through, his story and everything that he's overcome. Let me follow this guy, right? And he, you know, being around him just a little bit, he's a guy that's worth following. And there's some other guys out there, too, battling through things that are standing up playing that are worth following. So jump on him. It's not it's not a, a bad thing to be a follower as long as that, that guy's going in the right direction. Following the right right? Person, yeah. and his guy's out there. Buddha being another one, right? There's guys out there. And it doesn't mean that these guys are perfect, but who they are daily is consistent. And it's a reason why they're in the league as long as they have been where, you know, most guys are out in, in three years. If if you're blessed enough to, to get that to that point. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. If Steve Kimes' tenure as GM is over in Arizona, what's the team do next? They promote from within or look outside? We'll get into that. The lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke with Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Yeah, Zoe is here for the lowdown. It's Wolf and Luke. Josh Colmenter is in for Wolf. Zoe, before we go any further, I, I got to bring this up. You, last week in here, set the Dallas Cowboys down this path of yes. losing out. <laughs> yes, I did. They promptly blew a huge lead to Jacksonville. Exactly. What sort of power do you have? Because you, hey. if you could do this to the Cowboys, you need to do it every hey. year. Hey, I, well, they, they do it to themselves every year. Uh, you know, I just I just speak with, with what I saw, right? They are who we thought they were. There ain't nothing different. And so hopefully they, you know, go on to another, you know, lose this week and, and the following week and the week after that, and it'd be, it'd be perfect. They may find them themselves right there at the edge of the playoffs, scratching and crawling to get in. <laughs> Look, it'd be I mean, awesome. Not, not going to get any complaints from me. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be the best Christmas present ever, like I said last week. <laughs> it's all so far so good. Uh, as far as the Cardinals, the this is ch- the story has changed so much. I mean, a week ago at this time, I think it was a week ago, Steve Kahn was still a GM. There was really nothing. And then all of a sudden he's on uh, a leave of absence and you got all this other stuff flying around. And now there's stories over the weekend. Ian Rappaport saying this. Meanwhile, tumultuous week for the Cardinals. General 
manager, Steve Kahn, took a health-related leave of absence. There is some real doubt, I would say, that he is actually back with the Cardinals, which means they could end up needing a new general manager, which means, Rich, owner Michael Bidwell will face a decision at the end of the year. Does he bring back Coach Cliff Kingsbury, or does he clean house entirely after a lost season? Uh, Coach Kingsbury on with Wolf and I yesterday talking about the Kime situation. Mm. Yeah, Steve's a close friend. Um, you know, we, we want him to be healthy and happy, and, and that's really the, the main concern. But it's it's been a year of distractions, and, and um, you, you hate that for your players when you're trying to win and you're trying to right the ship. Um, seems like things continue to come up, but once again, I have to compliment their prof- professionalism, how everybody in the locker room has, has handled this. All right, so we don't know all the details of Kime's actual situation. Right. So, but the just going back to the, the report there by Ian Rappaport, some of the stuff CBS had, the, the idea that the Cardinals are going to move on and look for a new GM. Um, there's certainly talk of Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris. There's right. talk of going outside the organization. Where where do you come out on this? Um, you know, I, I, I think there's two different ways. Obviously, you just mentioned internal or external ways. You can look at it. Obviously, Steve was hired internally right after they he had been there, I don't know, multiple years, 15 plus years. Um, I think before he got hired, they were 5-11, and 8-8, 5-11. Eight and eight, five and 11. Then he gets hired. My Actually, my first year in 2013, and then we know what they did with him and B.A. working together and what that looked like and what type of team and organization um, they became. Um, unfortunately, you know, obviously with Steve's sickness and, and being out, um, things have kind of deteriorated over that over that time. But as that was occurring, I, I, I look at two guys that were, you know, a part of some of that success, right? You know, you think about Adrian Wilson, think about um, Quentin Harris as well. Um, and I know people, uh, well, if the culture's bad, everybody's bad, right? And I don't necessarily think that way. Uh, I just want to. I just. I just think these guys, you know, whoever you like better doesn't really matter. But I think these both both of these guys have earned an opportunity at least to get consideration, right? Because I think sometimes from the outside you think just blow up everything, where it's not necessarily everybody. These are subordinates in some ways, right? And so they may have different thoughts and processes. I know as a player, knowing Adrian probably better than I know Q. Um, some of the stuff that's going on from a player's perspective, he wouldn't go for. He doesn't call for it, right? I just know him as a man and as a player. Yeah. And so some of the things that we may be seeing from a developmental standpoint or guys preparing, he does, he's not necessarily connected to that in my mind. That's to a man. But if he has the opportunity to be the GM, now he's probably putting him like what he was as a player. He's going to expect that from his team and organization and probably cut and release guys based on what he sees in that way, right? And so for me to say that because that's the culture now that he wouldn't be able to change that or he's a part of that, I think that's probably a little short-sighted uh, because we all right say, well, if we had, if I had my opportunity, this is the way I would do it. Now I'm going to work with whatever leadership goes with because I'm a part of a team and I don't want to be another distraction, so I'm not going to fight you on tooth and nail where I think I would have went a different way. So that's why I say these guys probably have, they, well, not probably, they definitely have earned to be in that room to get interviewed, to have an opportunity to say what they would do differently, what they agreed with, and how they would move forward, along with some other candidates that are probably out there is viable as well. But I think this thing can be done internally, and just because you've been connected to something that's been bad, a la Steve, doesn't mean that you can't, if you're with the right head coach, that you guys can build something 
together. And maybe Cliff is that. Maybe they have a better working relationship. I, I don't know the, all the inner dynamics with their, their personal relationship. But again, Steve and B.A. was able to make something happen and look good, right? So why wouldn't Adrian with a new coach or Q with a new coach, you know, I, and I'm including Steve, um, Cliff in that, be able to do something as well just because a culture is bad. Now, you can always shift. Yeah. Going internally, I think there could be maybe less moving parts because, like you said, they know all the guys that are inside, who can yeah. do a good job, who they need to replace. I don't know if you have any experience. Um, one time I had it playing, new GM comes in. He's not tied to any of those guys, those no. contracts or anything. Yeah. And so he has no loyalty to that, and they could blow it up more. And also, if they did a new GM, do you think that means he's going to bring his own coach too? Typically, right. And, and that all depends on, because each team is so different. Um, you know, ownership says, hey, come in, do what you want, or come in, but you got to clear with me first. You know, I don't know where Michael's going to land on that in, in that relationship, whether or not he's going to give the new GM full power. In Buffalo, the GM is not really over the head coach. It's more Sean is over here, Brandon is here, they're more equals, right? And they report to uh, the Pagoon. And so it's, it's different dynamics, and so it's all about the structure of how you want your, you know, your your your, your organization to run. Um, and I think it's best when they're when the GM and coach are probably more on the same playing field, right? Because um, they they have similar roles but different roles, right? You're getting me talent, but I have to develop the talent, and so those are two different ways to look at it. And so your job is not is not more important than mine, and mine is not more important than yours. So I think where where it works best is where there's some parity, right? In in us having this 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 discussion versus you being over me and I have to subdue you because everybody in the NFL has some type of ego. And I think when you're in those type of dynamics, if if you've been in the league long enough, sometimes things can go a weird way versus it being more of like a collective or collaboration as far as how we build our team. So we'll see which way is the best way. I, I you know, I, re- I really don't know. I think you just have to get the best person, whether internal or, or external to get this thing going in, in the right direction. But to your point, yeah, if they bring somebody externally in here, you best believe the majority of the guys, there's some guys that are untouchable, right? You know, Kyler, uh, guys, a D hop, um, JJ, if he's, I don't know what his contract is. Just certain guys like that are normally kind of untouchable. Untouchable, yeah. but you may miss on some core guys that are important to a team that you don't know nothing about, and you just blow it up to your point, and you miss out. Oh man, why'd y'all get rid of him? He was actually part of the solution, right? But you don't have any familiarity, so I think that's why it's some. There are some pros of, of going internal, just as much as some people may say, let's do externally because we want a, a big shift in in culture and in, in perspective. Well, and the other thing about this too is if. if to your point on you just kind of have to take who the best candidate is whether they're here or not because if Adrian Wilson ends up being the best candidate let's just use him as an example and you go with somebody else you're going to lose him I mean the Giants were looking at him so you just I mean I guess you have to be prepared for that but I think the other question a lot of Cardinals fans would have and I don't expect you to know the answer to this because I don't think there is an answer yet but just let's say they hire Adrian Wilson. Let's say he's the guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't guarantee Cliff's back either. Just because you're bringing back some somebody no. internal doesn't mean he's just going to keep everything the same. Right, right. And and, and again, it's, it's it's about the dynamics. You know, where is Mike on that? Is he giving Adrian full reign, or he's going to say, uh, we're going to keep keep Cliff, right? 
Um, I mean, that's a big that's a big difference as far as how you go it because he may have a certain perspective. Obviously, watching it, watching Cliff being a player, being in the front office for a long time now, where he may actually have an opinion whether or not I need to shift coaches or not, but he may not have the authority to do it. Yeah, and so that's where you know things get a little dicey, and then you have to work with a guy, and it could be hard that maybe you don't. And I'm not saying he does this with Cliff, but you may not respect as much because you don't think there's the right guy for the job, right? So it needs to be a collaborative effort as far as figuring out what so everybody's on the right page and then you have to work through some uh, a little bit of an emotional junk there especially if you think Cliff isn't the right guy and now you're forced to work with him and put team over over self and try to figure out how can we get this thing going in the right direction that's the biggest thing right now what you just said is make sure everybody's on the same page yeah <laughs> so much I, so much stuff's up in the air right now yeah and it's so hard you gotta have over communication over communication and be open and honest and transparent in what you thinking and what you're feeling um, I think it's the biggest thing because just like with any office work spot I'm a smile on your face but then I go and talk back man I can't stand this dude man <laughs> that comes across right or yeah. people hear about it uh, and we're seeing it on the field. Anything that you had to say that was a hard truth that you didn't say in the offseason, other teams seem to be exposing it on the field. <laughs> right, so that's yeah. nice. uh, we come back. Uh, how much is the landscape around the top of the NFL changing? Lorenzo Alexander sticking around. He's going to weigh in on that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran. Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes his class integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, it's Wolf and Luke. We got Josh Colmenter in for Wolf, and then we have Lorenzo Alexander in here for the Lowdown. So we're just going to go around some of these games because it was a, a strange weekend around the National Football League. And I'm going to start with the game that uh, I know you're paying attention to, Bills, Dolphins. I, you know, I said this last week. I thought the Bills were just going to roll them. I thought it was a venge- yeah. revenge game in Buffalo. Like I figured right. you were looking at like, and Miami hadn't been playing great. Like, I was thinking like thirty-one to seventeen or something. Yeah, was, I probably would have been with you. Uh, it did. It wasn't as weathery. Uh, you know, it didn't flurry or snow or do any of that until late in the game. It was just cold, and they were able to run the ball. That's what the big difference. Miami hadn't been running the ball, and uh, was it Mozart? kind of ran the ball down our throats. I think he had over 100 and something yards against us. And so when you're able to do that, play-action game comes alive, and then you're able to hit some of those guys. You know, Tyreek had a couple of big plays, and so, I mean, that ended up being the big difference. But if you're not able to run the ball, which Buffalo struggles with here and there, it was worse a couple of years ago. They've gotten incrementally better, but every once in a while it kind of rears his ugly head when teams are able to run the ball down their throats. This is uh, Josh Allen after the 32-29 win. I thought Coach Dorsey um, called a heck of a game, being patient, you know, let, trusting trusting his guys on the field, um, trusting me, you know, to make the right decisions. Um, so yeah, we he found some some good plays that we kept going back to, and uh, you know, our offensive line kept executing. Our running backs ran the ball hard, and you know, just found a way. You and I were talking about this on Friday, so to me right now there's four teams, and it's not like there can't be another team that gets in there. I think Cincinnati's certainly knocking on the door, but to me it's it's Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, and the Eagles in whatever order. And I'm sure other people have you know one or two different teams, but it does sort of feel like there's a group at the top right now kind of separating itself. Mm. And we can get into the Jalen Hurts injury in a second, but... Um, you know, if you're looking at it from the Buffalo perspective, what you just said is maybe their one weakness. 
you still have to feel good about them as as one of the top two or three teams. Yeah, I mean, you definitely do. Um, um, you know, obviously losing a guy like Von hurts, but they're getting healthy everywhere else. Uh, but I think another great game to kind of look forward, which should be a five-star game, is going to be when they play the Bengals, uh, I think, next weekend. Not this week, but the following week. And so, because that's another team I think that's kind of ascending, and to your point, is kind of sitting there right on the cusp of do they belong or not? And I think every week they've been answering the bell, and they have a guy in Joe Mixon that can run that rock down with the best of them. And, and that's not even to talk about what Joe Burrow and that pass receiver can do. But so when teams are able to run the ball, play action, that can they can at least keep themselves in the game and keep up with Josh and that offense. And so um, I'm confident what they'll be able to do because they've been there. Um, now it's time to kind of get over that hump, and I think they'll have that ability, especially if they're able to hold on to that number one seed, get that by get really healthy and be able to uh, run through some teams once they get back on the field. Um, I'm going to ask both of you about this team, Josh, because it is your team, but Detroit and then Zoe. Oh. <laughs> like how real is Detroit? Because Detroit, they just yeah. keep winning each week. Crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it's been a crazy turnaround. One and six, giving up a ton of points, but scoring a lot of points. And that's one thing Detroit consistently over years just haven't been able to stop people yeah and now for all of a sudden the defense to be able to make this big turnaround um i certainly didn't see it coming but it's um just been a fun ride to watch i mean they have a lot of good talented skill positions and they're protecting they're running the ball um and now they're playing defense and it's been um you know one of the better turnarounds in season to go you know one and six and then six and one that's the thing you don't accidentally win six out of seven games and so yeah i mean buffalo was the one team that beat them and that was on thanksgiving and detroit was in that game yeah yeah 33 30 um and i definitely see this team because i mean they're physical they play hard right they they have that mentality of their head coach in a lot of ways he set the tone and dan campbell for that organization and now they're figuring it out how to put it all together and I think because he's had a lot of great assistant coaches that also played the game that that aren't as high intensity or don't display high intensity like he does all the time. Nobody right? does. Right? Because <laughs> he's on like a whole nother level. <laughs> but when you think about like an Antoine Randall or Mark Brunel, um, and there's probably several other coaches, at least two or three others, I can't think of their names right now, but talking to guys, they're more laid back in a sense as far as the way they deliver. I think that's really meshing well with the messaging and consistency and but and not feeling like I have to do this all the time, right? And now they're really playing some good some good football. And just looking at it, I mean, obviously Seattle's on the down tick. They play the Niners. And they, they're going to – the Lions have an opportunity with their last three games to, to get in this thing. And obviously I would like to see the Commanders got in. I think they got a little messed over uh, this past weekend. So I think they're going to end up getting that last spot, that seven seed, uh, based on the way they've been playing and looking at who they match up these last three games. Yeah, they they uh, they have like an all-star team of former players as coaches with the guys you just named. I know they have what they have Deuce Staley. They Deuce, have that's there. another they one. They have yep. Aaron Glenn. I mean, that's like that's basically yeah. the, if they if there was ever like a competition of coaches putting together teams, I think the Lions would definitely win that. Uh, and then there's this clip, of course, from the end of Hard Knocks that Aaron has with Dan Campbell. The 2022 Detroit Lions will. Um, number of ways I can go with that. Um, <clears throat> the 2022 Detroit Lions will be the team that can and will. 
That was a shortened version, right? <laughs> Wasn't that the shortened version? <laughs> like, that dude is just constantly uh, intense. Can and will. I think he wanted to say be in the playoffs, but he, his player brain, I, I can't yeah. say that. I can't say that. I can't say it. <laughs> Even now he can't say it. Right. He's, still not in. <laughs> yeah, he's still not in there quite yet, but that's what he wanted to say. He was going to say, that's what I was referring to when I said we can and we will. Yeah. <laughs> they could the first part of the year. Yeah. And now they, and now they will. Now they yeah. will, yeah. Right. And, they, I mean, they were in a lot of those games outside of right. the weird Patriots game. They got shut out, but they were one-score games, a lot of them. They just yep. weren't able to stop teams exactly. when they needed to, and now they can. That 48-45 loss to Seattle, <laughs> is that what you're talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned a weird Patriots game. That one pales in comparison to the Patriots <laughs> game on Sunday. Uh I have not ever seen anything like that at any level. Uh, I'm not watching a ton of, of high school, but I've never seen it in college, and I've certainly never seen it in the NFL. And so I never thought I would see Bill Belichick's team be on the wrong end of a play like that. I know, right? In a tie game. Right. Uh, yeah, they just had a mental But I mean, I guess it's kind of the second time it's happened to them. Miami beat them with a trick play, but that that wasn't somebody making a mistake. That was just not doing your job. So yeah. that's, that's kind of the same thing, right? Myers just had – he had to have a just a mental – Bust there. I, it would be interesting to see if that was even the play. Was Stevenson, did he uh, initiate it, right? Like, oh, let me get it out of my hands and let's try to have, have something going. And then Meyer just kind of went with it yeah. and panicked. Like because that, Right, because it wasn't, it wasn't the plan. So I don't even know if, if, if that's anything that's come out. Like, was that the design play or did Stevenson initiate the panic that led to Meyer's doing one of the dumbest things ever, right? Because you're not even aware. Like, I'm not even thinking about doing it, so I'm not thinking about what my reaction would be because, all right, Steven's going to go down, oh, 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 oh and, then, yeah. and then panic and throw, right? So I've never seen it. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate. Um but hey, it happens. I, I was happy for Chandler getting yeah, picked. Was, yeah. He's the stiff, the stiff nice. arm, ah, and then go score. That was cool. He, he definitely seemed like he enjoyed pushing that. Oh, yeah, you almost want to just keep him there, right? Right. That's the only time you can actually hit the quarterback, yeah. right? When he's trying to tackle you. Surprised they didn't call a flag on that. Oh, you're too rough with the quarterback. He was trying to get out your way. Roughing the former uh, passer, yeah. like three passes. Yeah. It was so weird, though. Like you mentioned, it, for a tie game. Yeah, there, there was no need to do that but I think you're right I think if it wasn't the call it was just Stevenson got more yards than I think he thought and he looked around right oh, let's try something. something I think the panic ensued I yep. think that was it I mean I can play the Belichick cut I have it right here but it doesn't clear anything up it's them asking him after the game if, if that was intentional was there any coaching point after you had called the draw to say if you know the play's over just fall down or go out of bounds yeah well, obviously that would have been better than the result was that said? Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week. But we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. That clears nothing <laughs> up. Yeah, me. yeah. He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He'll take care of it in-house. He's an in-house guy. Red dot you. Yeah, yeah, he's like the yeah. guy that invented it, isn't Right, he? yeah. <laughs> Did you hear, I'll, <laughs> we talked about it on the air yesterday, I'll, I'll ask you about it in the break since people have already heard it, but the uh, the story Wolf told yesterday about Belichick. Uh, all right, when we come back, is the Cardinals' sense of urgency to win really need to be focused on next year? Lorenzo Alexander will stick around and weigh in on that next. It's the lowdown. It's also Wolf and Luke with Josh Colmenter in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is 
Nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. All right, we got Zoe for one final segment here. It's Wolf and Luke, Josh Colmenter in for Wolf and Lorenzo Alexander, of course. Here, Zoe, before we get into the uh, you know the, the menial stuff, like how do you save a football team? We got to get into the serious stuff because you tweeted this out last night. This gingerbread, the oh, annual yeah, Alexander. Yeah, with, yeah. First of all, who won? Give us the backstory. I here. think. Well, first of all, my mom, if she's listening, she's probably under protest because. Typically, I, I add everybody's picture in the same tweet. Hers ended up being on a, her own tweet because they only let me add four pictures. See? And I just kind of randomly picked it. I didn't even really think who I was doing, but it happened to be her. She's like, I can't be on the original tweet. So <laughs> it's under protest probably on and from her perspective. But the person that I think won was my wife. She did the Bills Stadium. That had my the, vote. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's not really a house. I understand it's the Bills house. Whose house, right? And from a football standpoint. But she kind of cheated. She kind of, I think, uh, pandered to to the Bills Mafia that follows me on on Twitter. Smart. Yeah, it is smart. Very smart. So, <laughs> it, but there's no prize out of it. She doesn't. She didn't win anything. So, uh, you know, I'll take it. She Just won, a contested win. Her and then my daughter. She's always so my oldest daughter. She's always very detailed and technical. I got these big hands. I admit, I I, I do it with my eight year old. So I, I get a little cover. Mine is the one with the Twizzlers. And like the marshmallow roof. Okay. Yeah. It's, that, it's, that one looks the best as far as just like if you're eating these when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's different. You know. So, I, but I got an eight year old who's my who's my uh, architect. I'm just a GC. You know. He put me to work. <laughs> hey, daddy, do this. All right, daddy, do that. All right. It's funny because I saw the Zoe tweeted these out. He tweeted out four of them, and then you're right. There's a fifth one. And yeah. The, the, but the the thing about the fifth one is it gets its own picture. Like it, it does. So I thought that was probably yours. Like here's no. the other four, and here's she won't, mine. She won't look at it like that. She <laughs> (laughs) will not look at it like that from a positive perspective. But that's one of the fun things we do. We also do caroling. So uh, we'll probably do that tomorrow or Thursday night. I'll I'll light my truck up and put the speakers in the back, and we'll go to certain people's houses and do a little caroling, which is also fun, too. See, Zoe gets in the uh, the holiday spirit. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Also on Twitter uh, yesterday, Justin Pugh. Actually, I think some of this was even from the night before. Justin Pugh tweeted this thing out. He was, was, uh, I don't want to say arguing with, but just talking with a few other people. I think they're just random people on Twitter, and he got into this debate, and this is a, just a snippet of the conversation, but he said the key to winning Super Bowls is hitting on a rookie deal quarterback, build around him ideally with the best defensive line in football, and then trade that quarterback when he starts asking for 25-plus percent of the cap. If he'll take 15 percent, it's a different story. You're overvaluing the position. So, again, that's part of a conversation he was having. Oh, yeah. But just to put this in perspective, this is a, an obstacle that now faces is the Cardinals right now? The salary cap's right around two hundred eight million dollars. Now I'm assuming it's going to keep going up. Yeah, uh, but and right now it doesn't impact the Cardinals because Kyler Murray this year what was he? He it was a twelve point six million cap hit. Next right. year sixteen million, but he's hurt now to start next yep. year. But the following year. He's $51.8 million. That's what he's on the books for. Right, but it, that's the cap, right? So that's his bonus and his base in yeah. that year, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to look at it It's not per year a like that. Cut. It's not a yeah. clear cut because you can manipulate the cap. 
And they're going to have to. Right. And these GMs aren't stupid, right? Because we just saw what what, um, McVay and the the Rams have been doing, right? There's ways to (laughs) manipulate the cap so you can pay and keep guys that you want to keep. Yeah. And so I get what Justin is saying from a standpoint. If you can hit on like a Russell Wilson, that means you can keep some premier guys, some other guys that you may not keep, maybe one or two extra ones versus having to rely on maybe a a good player, but he's not an elite player and hoping that, that you can kind of work your way through that. So I think there's different perspectives. But at the end of the day, you got to have guys that's showing up and doing their job. Because I've seen where you have 11 Pro Bowlers, a la Dallas, and not win a playoff game, mm-hmm. right? Or a group of guys. Another shot at Dallas. Yeah, I of like course, it. of course. Or, you know, a group of guys, uh, like when I was in Buffalo my first year, when we had to reboot, uh, Brandon and Sean brought a ton of high-character guys from uh, Buffalo, with uh, from uh, the Panthers with them, and we were able to make the playoffs where nobody thought we were able to do it, right? And so there's two different ways you can look at it, but it's always come back to the culture of the team, how we're coaching, and then how guys are showing up consistently week in and week out. And so there's just two different ways to look at it. It's just easier when you have more money because then you can get better players. Yeah. So to his point, it may be easier to do it that way. I don't think it's the only way you can do it, though, especially if, a, if you have a great coach because Buffalo paid Josh, right, and uh, Mahomes was paid Kansas City, and there'll be some other guys that get paid. So it'll be interesting to see. What, I don't know what their cap number is, if it's as high as Kyler's, which it probably isn't because Kyler got paid after them. But the cap goes up. And, and again, good GMs, they don't sign deals that don't make sense for them to be able to build a team. And we were talking, whoever they get in as GM now kind of has a little bonus because they're going to be able to pick so high. You can use some of those picks to plug some holes that you won't have to go out and sign guys in free agency, even if the money is a little bit tight. Yeah, that, uh, correct. But then you have to develop them, right? Yeah. We've, we've drafted, I think, some good players before. We, we just haven't developed them to, for them to be the impact players that we want them to be. And, and, and the draft is a crapshoot. Obviously, your chances go up the higher you go up. But it's a lot of you know first-round guys. Because, again, I, I think this, I was talking, having a conversation the other day about when you bring guys in, whether it's free agency or draft. Um, and, you know, everybody always talks about talent, 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 talent. And I, and I get that, right? You want guys that can play at that level. But you also want guys that have high character because when adversity hits, those are the guys that are going to help. For to develop into being that high-impact player, he has to have character in order to do that, right? You don't want he's going to face adversity right. on the way. And yeah. he's going to be self-motivated to build himself because he's worried about who he wants to become, not what he's trying to acquire, like I said earlier. So yeah. he's gonna, that character is going to drive him to do all the little things that's going to allow him to be a great player. I think oftentimes, and a lot of people get this, you get enamored and, and memorized by the talent and a guy may be slightly more talented than a guy than another guy that has more character, but over the course of the career, that character guy may end up playing ten or twelve, and that high talented guy you may get four years out of him. Yeah. You're like, dang, what happened to him? He didn't have character, right? He didn't have what made him like a D book to be able to grind through it and become the best he wants to be. Because all they're trying to chase and inquire is the bag, the money, and once they get it, all right, I'm chilling. Right, 
because the character wasn't there. The motivation, that the, the, that intrinsic um, spirit of fire that Wolf always talks about wasn't there. And so that's why I think GMs, coaches, you know, when you're looking at guys, yeah, the talent matters, but let's look at what type of character guy and is he going to build himself into the player that we want to do or we want him to be because it, it takes two to be able to go through that process. The coaches have obviously shown me how to do it, but then I got to be receptive to it as well. And so uh, a second uh, our second pick is great, top five, top ten, but if the guy isn't willing to become that guy and grind through it because it's hard, then it's, it's kind of so you got to be real, I think, strategic and when you're picking guys that high. Uh, ideally, just everybody you draft would just be Devin Booker. That would be the, of course. the key. And they're hard to find, right? It's hard to find a guy because most talented guys, have, I don't, I don't want to say have had, had it easy, but it's easier Up to for that them point, though, it's to easy. be yeah. good, right? And if they don't have somebody in their life that's holding them accountable, even when they are good, to like the little, they still making mistakes. But you think about AAU coaching, right, and basketball, and what that's turning to. Well, if a dude is talented, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, you, right? you can make a mistake and get away yeah, with it. Nobody I'm, will not gonna, I'm not going to say nothing. Yeah. But even a coach, I see it, but I'm not going to say nothing because say he's a great player, right? Yeah, I don't want you to leave. Instead of worrying about the player development and building that character, so when they get to the league, now it's part of who they are. It's who they become. And now as a coach, as a professional coach, I don't have to coach that too. Right? And so that's that's what, that's what that's the type of guys that you want to see. That's the type of guys that you want to try to identify. Um, it, just, it just sucks that our culture is kind of allows people with talent too much of a leash. Um, but, yeah, that, that, yeah, you're setting them up for failure in that way. But it does also make guys like Devin Booker stand out. And, ironically, yeah. you talked about the guys that, his that dad, just want His paid. dad is, was his coach, right? Hard. Yeah. On him. Yeah. That's like my uncle, man. I mean, you know, you think about favoritism when you grow up, and hey, my my uncle, my dad's gonna coach. I'm gonna have it easy. I'm gonna be the star player. Not always. <laughs> Ooh, man, my uncle was way harder on me. I remember one time I was ten. I didn't want to work hard. I, I thought I was the the bee's knees, right? I was the the all star of my uh, 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 Babe Ruth tournament, whatever. Uh, I didn't want to run with the whole team got in trouble. My uncle literally dragged me, right? <laughs> Somebody now would probably call CPS. But he literally dragged me and embarrassed me like, hey, man, you, you got to do what everybody else does. Yeah. I, never, I, I never didn't run again, yeah. right? I ran every time he now asked me to. <laughs> right, yeah. So those little moments throughout my, throughout my sports career has made me into the guy that I want to be as far as, you know, uh, representing and talking about character as far as being a professional and stuff. So uh, it, it matters. So great stuff as always. Man, yep. we always love having you in here. Cool, enjoy it. Mm-hmm.